This is the Poison Terminator Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Deolim. Summer vacations are coming soon, so we plan the trip, buy plane tickets, and make hotel reservations. But it's also good to prevent bad things that might happen during a trip. According to a report released this week from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, a third of swimming-related disease occur in hotel pools or hot tubs. In this episode, we will be discussing how germs induce swimming-related disease and how we can prevent their occurrence. To answer these questions, I'm here with my guest, Michelle Slavsa. Michelle is a registered nurse and epidemiologist. She's also chief of the CDC's Healthy Swimming Program. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Uh, the report tells us that uh, cryptosporidium, also known as crypto, Legionella and Pseudomonas are the most frequent causes of hotel-related outbreaks. Let's start with crypto. How is crypto transmitted to baiters? So crypto is spread when someone who's infected with it and who's sick with, with crypto has, a diarrhea, has diarrhea in the pool or in the water. And then other swimmers or bathers swallow that water and they themselves become infected or sick. Uh, chlorine is a chemical substance that will kill most germs in pools. Why is crypto more tolerant to it than other microbes? Well, crypto has a hard outer shell that protects it from the chlorine. At chlorine levels recommended by CDC, required by state and local health departments, typically germs are killed within minutes. Crypto can survive for seven or more days. Who is most likely to, to get sick from uh, crypto? Most often, we see children um, disproportionately affected by these outbreaks. Children tend to go into the pool more. They tend to swallow water more than adults. And these infections are new to their bodies, so that's why they show signs and symptoms. And uh, what are the symptoms that are caused by crypto? In someone with a healthy immune system, crypto can cause um, prolonged watery diarrhea. And I'm talking about diarrhea that can last two to three weeks. They can have headache, vomiting, abdominal pain, a lot of nasty symptoms. Is it uh, highly infectious? Is cryptosporidium infectious? Highly, yeah, infectious, yeah. So to give you an idea, someone can, um, in a bowel movement, release 100 million or up to 100 million crypto germs. It just takes 10 or fewer of these crypto germs to get sick. When we get it and we become asymptomatic after a few days, uh, can we still infect uh, people? We can inf you can infect people while you're sick, and you can infect people after you're feeling better. That is why we ask people to not go swimming until they've been symptom-free for two weeks, because people continue shedding the germ in their bowel movements for up to two weeks. Is there a uh, medication that we, we can take? In the United States, the FDA has approved nitazoxanide to treat cryptosporidium, but it is a self-limiting disease, meaning most people with a healthy immune system will fight it off without treatment. The other two microbes mentioned in this report, Legionella and Pseudomonas, can also resist the action of disinfectant in slimy areas of hot tubs and swimming pools. Why, why is that the case? So Legionella and Pseudomonas are able to excrete a slimy substance that becomes biofilm or that 
the slimy substance that protects them from the chlorine or bromine in the pool or hot tub. So what we see happening is when the chlorine level drops in a pool or hot tub or the bromine level drops, these bacteria excrete this, bio, this, this slimy substance. It encases them, and then when the chlorine or bromine level comes up, it protects them from the chlorine or bromine. Uh, the biofilm you're talking about, is it like a protective shell? It, 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 it works as a like, protective shell, yes, correct. And uh, what is the difference between Pseudomonas and Legionella in terms of their mode of transmission and health effects? So Legionella is able to cause um, a, a severe pneumonia known as Legionnaire's disease or a milder illness with flu-like symptoms called Pontiac fever. You, you get infected with Legionella when you inhale droplets, mists, or aerosols of water containing the, um, the bacterium. In terms of pseudomonas, it's about contact of con with um, the skin, excuse me, it's about the skin contact with um, contaminated water. So directly on the skin, where we see people having a rash that typically takes the shape of their bathing suit because the bathing suit is holding the contaminated water onto their skin. Or if we have some water that sits in our ear for a while after swimming, we can have an outer ear infection, which is commonly known as swimmer's ear. For uh, the swimmer's ear, um, it, by removing the water, does it reduce the risks of having swimmer's ear? Exactly. So if we, you know, pull on our ear... On, on our earlobe after we go swimming to help that water drain out or, or use a towel or sometimes even a hair dryer or sometimes you can use like little drops of alcohol if you, if you don't have tubes in your ears to kind of help dry that water out or get it out of there. Who is most at risk to be affected by these germs? Um, in terms of who's most at risk, anyone who goes swimming is at risk. In terms of who's most likely to get sick or severely sick, in general, we see with um, diarrhea causing germs, it, it's going to be the very young and the very old and pregnant women. Young children, their immune systems have often not been exposed to germs, so it's their first time exposed to germs, so they might be more sick. Older people have aging immune systems, so therefore they might get more sick. And then pregnant women have an altered immune system, which might make them more susceptible to, to symptoms. And, uh, and when we're talking, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. When we're talking about cryptosporidium, um, people with weakened immune systems can develop, um, you know, life-threatening symptoms. When we talk about Legionella, the people who are at increased risk for getting sick are those who are 50 years of age or older, those who um, are cancer patients, current or former smokers, those with chronic illnesses, particularly chronic lung diseases. How are infections caused by these germs treated? Um, Legionella um, can be treated with antibiotics if, if the physicians or the healthcare providers find it early enough. Uh, Pseudomonas can also be treated with, with antibiotics. And um, for cryptosporidium, it tends to be a self-limiting disease. We usually don't treat. However, some healthcare providers can choose to use uh, nitazoxanide to treat their patient's infection. And that's an uh, antibiotic? An antiparasitic, yes. Can we die from an infection from these germs? Legionella causes uh, a severe pneumonia known as Legionnaire's disease, and, and yes, people have died from that. Um, in the 1980s, we saw many people die um, 
of um, the symptoms that resulted from cryptosporidium during the uh, HIV epidemic, but now we have treatments that help keep the immune system healthy, and we don't really see that anymore. It's important to know how these germs are transmitted and affect us, but it's also imperative to be familiar with ways to stay safe. How can we protect ourselves from these three types of germs? Well, before getting in the water, don't even think about going in the water if you have diarrhea. You can, you can um, keep your kids out of the water if they have diarrhea and keep yourself out of the water if you, if you have um, diarrhea. The next thing you can do is check the latest inspection score. We check inspection scores before we go out to eat. We should be doing that before we go to the public pool or the public hot tub. And by public, I mean places to swim where more than one family would be expected to go. So these would be our hotels, our town pool, you know, pools or hot tubs at our water parks. And do your own inspection before you get in the water. You know, take a test strip and check the chlorine or bromine level out. Check the pH out because the pH is going to determine how well the chlorine or bromine are at killing germs. Once you're in the water, don't swallow the water you're swimming. If we're having to tell the public not to swim with diarrhea, someone clearly is. So make sure you don't swallow that water. Chlorine doesn't kill germs instantly. For parents, um, don't let kids bring in toys into the water. That allows them to swallow more water. And take your kids on bathroom breaks every hour and check diapers every 30 to 60 minutes. If a diaper needs to be changed, do it away from the water. Uh, what's a pH? pH is basically how acidic or basic the water is. The more acidic it is, the more effective chlorine is at killing germs. However, if our pH is too low or too acidic, the equipment could start corroding and swimmers might get uncomfortable in the water. So ideally, we recommend a pH of 7.2 to 7.8 because if the pH gets too much above 7.8, the chlorine and the bromine are not going to be very effective at killing germs. How can I make sure that I buy a test strip who has a low probability of giving wrong results? Well, the most important step you can do in getting accurate results from your test strips is to follow the manufacturer's directions. But isn't there a test strip that is uh, better than uh, other test strips? I, you know, I think the best way to look that up, and I don't know if this has been finalized yet, is probably to look at NSF's website to see whether or not they've started testing test strips to make sure that they meet certain criteria. I'm not sure if they've done that for test strips yet. I know they were developing criteria to test test strips. Some mothers uh, breastfeed their baby in pools or hot tubs. Is this dangerous for the baby? No one has looked directly at whether or not uh, breastfeeding in pools is a safe thing or not. Um, but there are, some, there are some issues potentially with breastfeeding in pools, some risks potentially associated. First, we tell people in general not to be eating or drinking in the pool. There's potentially germs that cause diarrhea in the pool. Um, there could be some concern that breastfeeding in the pool could encourage babies to swallow potentially contaminated water. And babies have pretty young immune systems, especially those under six months. So, you know, that might be something a mother might consider before choosing to breastfeed in the pool. The other thing could be the water temperature. Babies that young have a pretty big surface to, ma to mass ratio. The, the ratio is pretty big compared to adults. So it's harder for them to maintain their body temperature where it needs to be. So if, if the baby 
if the baby is in really hot water or really cold water, the baby could struggle to maintain their body temperature. So these are things to think about. I mean, alternatively, you can feed your baby on the pool deck or uh, at the water side. Should people uh, refrain from using uh, cosmetics when going into a hot tub or a pool? We have found that um, chlorine mixes with a lot of things we as swimmers bring into the pool, personal care products, uh, the sweat on our skin. Sometimes swimmers choose to pee in the pool, unfortunately. This all mixes with chlorine, and it causes two problems in terms of public health. The first is that it uses up the chlorine that would otherwise kill germs, so there's less chlorine to kill germs. And the second problem is, is it mixes, when the substance is mixed with chlorine, when the nitrogen in the substance mixes with the chlorine, it forms what we call chloramines. And these chloramines are irritants, both to our eyes and our respiratory system. So our eyes, when they turn red when we're in the pool, that's because this irritant is building up in the pool, not because of the chlorine in and of itself. We have heard reports where people say, go to an indoor pool, and they quote unquote have the pool has a quote unquote chlorine smell. Actually, that's not a good sign. Those what you're smelling is the chloramines. A healthy pool has little or no chemical smell, and and when you when you smell that smell, for some people it could trigger an asthma attack. What would be your suggestions for individuals who would like to educate their relatives, pool manager, or hot tub operator about what we've just discussed today? If you want to learn more about healthy swimming, check out uh, CDC's website on it at cdc.gov forward slash healthy swimming, one word. As uh, scientists, we choose to work on a research subject for a reason. So I ask you, Michelle, what is your reason for doing research on uh, healthy swimming practices? I, I enjoy it. It's not really controversial what I tell people. And um, actually, I now have two little kids. So it's just one way to learn how to do something healthier in a safer way and get to enjoy getting out there and putting, getting some physical activity in. Michelle, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the show and to contribute to empower people to take an active role in preventing harmful exposures. Thank you for having me. That was Michelle Aslavsa, who is an epidemiologist and chief of the CDC Healthy Swimming Program. I'm the Poison Terminator, and I'll be back for another episode next week. Have a great day.